Hey guys. Oh. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> like I'm hosting Jeopardy. Well, well, there's that. Welcome to the yeah. She Wakes Up at 5 a.m. podcast. I'm Kellyanne. And I'm Lindsay. <laughs> Just if that gives you any indication of what our week was like. These entire like last couple podcasts were like, we've had a week. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because we're we are recording on a Friday and it's like the end of the week and we're all both exhausted. Apologies that we're always coming on here saying, ah, oh, so we've had a week. Yeah, we're sorry, but we're really not, honestly, because I'm just going to be honest here and show up as I am. Take me or yeah. leave me. Authentic us. This is a weird episode, you guys, because we're not talking about like, like, I feel like the last two episodes have been really specific in terms of subject matter. This is like our first one that we're just kind of like playing fast and loose with mm-hmm. like pop culture topics. And it's either going to go really well or it's going to go terribly. But hopefully you'll stick around for the next one. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. And we just want to, you know, show our depth of knowledge between subjects. That <laughs> we're not all just, we're not all one notes. And I think, I think some people may have gotten the impression that this is a royal podcast. It is not, but we do specialize. <laughs> we have our degree in Meghan Markle. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bachelor's in Meghan Markle and a minor in musical theater. <laughs> so if you came because of Harry and Meghan stuff, I hope you stick around through these episodes like this, um, where we just kind of talk about things that are happening. There's just a lot of things that have been going on in pop culture and on the internet, and we just want to talk about it. Have well, like yeah. A little girl chat. And also, like, Lindsay and I met talking about Megan, but we also talked about our love of tennis and our love of Anne Hathaway and our love of all different people and things and, and stuff like that. So that's yeah. a part of our friendship as well. So we wanted to share that, too, with you guys. Yes. What a week what in a the week. world. <laughs> Posted on our Instagram page. If you're not following us, follow us at She Wakes Up at 5 a.m. podcast. I posted a question. It's like, oh, um, we're going to be talking about pop culture. What do you want us to talk about? And obviously, I got like entries about Beyonce's Dubai performance. And that was a very hot topic on TikTok and the internet and all the things. And I do Wild. some expertise on this subject. For people that don't know, Beyonce was being paid a significant amount. I want to say it's 32 million dollars to perform at this uh, hotel opening called um yes kellyanne's fact tracking thank you sure am, sure um, am. it's called the atlantis royal it was their soft launch in dubai and they invited influencers celebrity people from random people from bachelor nation and then other people from different reality shows different tv shows it was just a big array like kendall jenner was there she was opening up nobu there or whatever i do know beyonce was set to perform and it was a private concert she was um, paid $24 million. Oh, 24. She was being paid to perform for this opening. This is her first performance. Um, I'm going to say what, in five years? In so, a while. Yeah. It's it, been a long it, time. I would say three years or something like that. Um, well, it was definitely three, at least three years because of the pandemic, because of the pandy, the pandy, the pandy. as I'm calling and it. So she hired all these dancers, but like, I was like over, I think a hundred people on that stage. There's orchestra, all the things. So why I'm connected to this is because one of the choreographers for this, well, one of three, um, but the main one, her name is Fatima Robinson. She is an incredible, incredible woman. She has Mm -hmm. done everything. She used to dance for, she danced with Michael Jackson. She uh, used to choreograph the Backstreet Boys in the very beginning of their career. Um, She choreographed Pharrell, like Fergie. She's done literally everything. So vintage. So vintage Backstreet Boys. 
Yes. Like that is when I became obsessed with her. Um, <laughs> but uh, so she choreographed this incredible spectacle, which it was, and everyone there was not allowed to film. Like she, they had, they had like these little bags to put your phone in. And I want to say that they're going to be releasing this footage at a later date. But somehow on but TikTok. somehow everyone, they're like risking their lives. To, Literally. <laughs> they were live streaming it. It was crazy. And I wanted to know like who was dancing it because obviously I, I know a lot of these dancers, but I did see that they were using some like local dancers, people from Europe, as well as LA and New York. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had the privilege of working with Fatima on a couple of jobs and she's just a lovely person to work with. But people that were saying like, oh, she wasn't dancing that much or blah, blah, blah. Beyonce? Beyonce wasn't yeah. dancing that much? She she's was, a little busy. Uh, <laughs> Are you she, kidding me? She was dancing, but it wasn't like Coachella. Believe what I heard that she had just gotten done having foot surgery. What I would think why they had all these people and it was this big thing is because she could not move that much. It was just very different. And she didn't use her regular choreographers. I believe Fatima did her performance she did for the Oscars. She sang. It was the last year she she did the um, the soundtrack for... What is that movie called? That was the Serena and Venus movie. Inspired. Oh, um, King Richard. King Richard. Yes. Sorry. She, uh, Fatima choreographed that performance. It was on awesome. tennis court. It was if like, she wore that bright green, like color outfit, whatever. So anyways, I'm going on a tangent, but it was just really, really cool. And I was just interested to see who were there. There's so many memes like, um, everyone's in Dubai and I'm on the couch. And it was coming out, out of the hills of that Tarte brand trip to Dubai and so a lot of those influence, I think some of them stayed. Wait, the did you see on well. TikTok, Alex Earl was like, I was invited to go to Beyonce tonight, but I don't think I'm going to go. I think I'm just going to go home. And I was like, why would you choose University of Miami over watching Beyonce in Dubai? Which I don't know how she's going to school doing all this stuff. But. I don't either. She's so cute though. I like her. She's a great TikTok follow, honestly. She's so like chill. I don't really have any beef with her. Like no. I know a lot of people had something to say because she was the reason why the Mayel oil, hair oil sold out, whether it was for her hair or not. Like it's a big debate that I'm not going to go into, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to see who was there, who wasn't there. And it seemed like a great trip. It, yeah. it, this was a soft opening. I don't know when the actual opening is. Apparently it has like 20 something restaurants. It's an insane Well, it's with, it's with the Tao group, I think. Is it? I think so because Melissa Wood Tepperberg was there with her husband and I believe he owns, he's like a owner of Tao. Dang. Yeah. It was wild. Simon Hawk was there. It was a whole thing. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, her, her, I don't know if anybody follows Melissa Wood Tepperberg. She's Melissa Wood Health on Instagram. Her platform is really great. If anybody's looking for like a low impact, I'm not paid by her or anything. I just have, I've used her platform for years, but she's amazing. And um, her like life in New York is so cool, but she's, where was I going with this? Oh, her fashion. Oh my God. Her fashion in <laughs> Dubai all weekend was wild. I just kept watching her Instagram stories and I was like, oh my God, one look is better than the next. She wore this Dolce & Gabbana mesh bodysuit for one of the nights and I was like, whoa. Uh, Everyone's mind blown. Yeah. Was really good. They're not influencers. Um, they were both in really popular groups based in the UK. I don't know if anyone follows Rochelle Humes and her husband Marvin Humes. Rochelle was in this group called The Saturdays and Marvin was in JLS. I believe JLS for from what is that competition that the that one direction one x factor 
X Factor. I believe JLS was from uh, X Factor back in the day. Anyways, they're a great follow. And their husband and wife, they have the most beautiful children. And they were there. Aww, I love it was that. just, it was really, really cool. And like Tasha Adams from The Bachelorette was there with her. Love Tasha. She brought her mom. I thought that, that was really cute. So there's a rumor that Beyonce's visual album that she has yet to release is going to contain Meghan Markle. Yes. There is a rumor that she is in this two-hour visual album. And Megan did re- say in the Variety interview that her favorite Beyonce song from the new album was Cozy. Mm-hmm. So I'm just throwing it out there. She may be in that song. There have definitely been Beyonce Easter eggs dropped by Megan. Yes. In the Variety interview, in the docuseries. Oh, Beyonce just texted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this isn't new either because Beyonce, no. if you follow her website, which is basically a birthday website because that's all she does is post happy birthday to people. <laughs> it's really it's i it's hilarious like literally like that's all she posts is happy birthday to so and so and then she uses their their baby photo (laughs) and so she's been doing that to megan and then she did it for harry like the past two years just saying and then her she won i think a brit award well her and jc accepted this award in front of a megan markle painting which i have and it's like her in this like an old it's the one where she looks like a yeah, she, it's like a Regency take Yes. Off. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Which was from, I believe it was from her Kappa Kappa Gamma um, national like magazine that they put her on the cover. And this artist did this and because she's a member of Kappa Kappa Gamma. So I found the artist and I bought the print. Of course, of course you do. I have the print. Obviously. <laughs> she's like it's the wallpaper in my bedroom this isn't new for people that are like oh like she's trying to ride this beyonce train no they're friends she told us she's born to break generational curses i don't know a lot of acquaintances that say things like that um speaking of performances Mm. john mayer's going on tour i saw that and he's opening in jersey baby Come did, on. You see, did you see his interview with on Call Her Daddy? Do you listen to Call I Daddy? don't actually typically listen to her, but I did I did catch clips of it, I think either on TikTok or Instagram or something. I, I like him. I've always liked his music. I've always been a huge fan. I think he's so talented. But I think it's cool that this is a solo show. I'm really stoked. He's definitely the millennial. Like I just remember all the older girls in high school mm-hmm. who were obsessed with John Mayer. I wasn't that girl. I appreciated his music, but I was not like obsessed. You know who reminds me? of John Mayer. This is like a really weird comparison but kind of goes into something else we were going to talk about. In Ginny and Georgia, mm-hmm. the kid who plays Marcus. Okay. I can see kinda that. Kind of gives me John Mayer vibes. But the cool thing about John Mayer, this is what John Mayer does really well, is he has that really chill boy vibe mm-hmm. that attracts like a type A high strung girl who mm-hmm. needs to be balanced out by a chill man. He's just like jeans and a t-shirt. We're not stressed about a thing. Meanwhile, I'm over here like making lists like a psychopath. But John Mayer, <laughs> nothing stresses him out. And he's really good friends with Andy Cohen, which I find very interesting. He's a very interesting person. His um his song, he's a song from one of his live albums called Who Did You Think I Was? That's like that's like what I play when I like need to get some frustration out. <laughs> oh, I got some frustration out today listening to Paramore. Today. Nice. Vintage. Love. <laughs> so I was gonna say, like, you mean vintage Olivia Rodrigo? <laughs> just kidding. Olivia Rodrigo goes very talented. I am. I just finished Ginny in Georgia, actually. Yeah, I'm on. Ep- I'm on the last episode. It's. I've. I really <laughs> loved season one. Mm-hmm. I find Georgia extremely annoying this season. The how she plays this accent is 
as a Southern woman, I'm offended. Um, <laughs> like okay. it's just way too over over the top. And seeing her in these like, interviews, doing mm-hmm. this press for this, I'm like, I would have much rather you just talk like this. But her accent isn't like I know it's supposed to be campy in a weird way, but I was gonna say her accent in this film kind of reminds me more of my best friend's mom, who's from New Orleans. She's mm-hmm. kind of like she's a like such a great person, and her but like her presence is like larger than life, and her accent mm-hmm. is so strong. And so she comes into a room and she like comes in with this big, and it reminds me a lot of of Georgia. I'm like she always reminds me of my best friend's mom. I love the show. I think it's so funny because at first, like the first season, I kind of watched in the first like four episodes. I was like, this is stupid, but I can't mm-hmm. stop watching. Kind of how I feel about Emily in Paris. But I watched Emily the whole thing, and I watched the whole thing in one day, so it must not be that stupid. Um. <laughs> But Ginny and Georgia, I think, is such an interesting exercise in how many irredeemable qualities can we give a character, but you're still going to like her. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's how I feel about Joe from you. Yeah. This guy is psycho, but you are still like rooting for him at the, I thought at the you end. Were, I thought you were talking about Joe from Ginny and Georgia. I was like, don't talk about that beautiful man like that. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that man is fine. <laughs> yes, he is. Those genes are good. <laughs> you know joe from you he, I, I just remember like i think second season i'm like wanting this guy to win i'm like he just murdered someone like what is happening <laughs> the girl who played um love in that show reminded me of my best friend from high school <laughs> like Gosh. so much yeah it was really fun i just kept watching it and i was like oh my god she reminds me so much of this girl that i used to know but that show's great that's coming out soon i think yeah it's they're, they're, they're doing a two, two-parter going. which i'm interested to know what the strategy is i, I want to know if it's just a show-by-show basis that some shows are getting released like only a couple like episodes and then you have to wait for a couple more weeks for the next batch uh-huh. i know people are just binging it but they didn't do that with other shows so they're just starting to do it with certain ones so i'm interested to know like what's the reasoning behind certain ones doing it and the other ones aren't yeah i'm curious too i think i'm like is this the, is this where we're going are they going to try to make it it's like a weird hybrid between like live tv and streaming it's like almost like they're trying to pull us away from the binge which is interesting which they did that with harry and megan which in i I believe a lot of people came back to netflix from leaving to watch harry and megan they their subscriber count went up very much because of that docuseries yeah i really love season two of Ginny and georgia i thought it was great it's kind of sad that it was over honestly yeah and then the new trailer for secession oh my god i'm freaking out but i haven't even i'm like so behind so i'm what do you mean I'm behind. <laughs> Lindsay. I know. I'm, I think I'm still, am I still on season two? <gasps> oh, you have I to. Mm, I know. It's such a, it's I know. Such a, it's on my to-do list. It's the reason I added. things. <laughs> I always forget how much I love the name. I have like a weird, like love of Irish mm-hmm. girl names for babies. And I, lo- like, I love the name Saoirse, but I also love the name Siobhan. Shiv is like one of the most iconic characters she's iconic <laughs> but no, my favorite character in all of succession is um is matthew mcfadden's character uh tom oh yes um i i think he should win every award on the planet he's his acting in that role is so great it's- hi greg <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this is not the same guy from pride and the prejudice like oh. it's it's like i was like wait this is the same guy i could do a whole episode on pride and prejudice from that I, from I, that I, film it's my I'm favorite sure you can. <laughs> it's my favorite book it's my favorite film it's perfect and i it is it is, it is better than the colin Firth one and i will die on that hill but that's a whole other episode anyway yeah 10 out of 10 perfect can't yes. no notes no notes so good i'm so excited for succession to come back i can't wait 
It was just good writing, good television. <sighs> and I'm sad like this was the last episode for Gossip Girl, which even though the season was a little bit lackluster for me, but I saw it towards the end. It was starting to get good. Me too. But I heard that it's a very expensive show to make because of all of the clothing, shooting on locations and like yeah. all the stuff. I really wish that they would have stuck. I, I see what they were trying to do. Yeah. But I really wish that they would have stuck to the original formula more. Like, I really just wish they would have really made it a remake and picked a new Blair and a new Serena and a new Nate. And they could have created variation in those archetypes to bring them into the century. Like, we didn't have to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of wished that they had stuck to that more. I just think, like, a high school thruple is a really tough sell. Very. Or, like, a girl coming in and implementing an incredibly sexist dress code in New York City, of all places. Like... New York City would never. Some of it just felt very disconnected and I was kind of like bummed because I think it had a lot of potential and visually stunning. The trajectory of season two was like a little flat and I was kind of over the whole teacher against the students. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, the whole teacher's thing was just, it was just a weak plot point. Like they should have just had an original Gossip Girl. Like make it, even give it to, like make it a situation where Dan passed it down to somebody like, Something yeah. like that. Like, it, I, I just, I really was really bummed because I thought it had a lot of potential. Sad. Bummer. Especially because Max was such an A plus Chuck Bass remake oh, character. I, like, 10 so out of 10. That man was perfect. Oh, so good. Yeah. That was like probably the most on point casting that they did. And I thought that, what's her face? What's the blonde girl's name? I was going to say her too. She was like a dead ringer for Blair. For Blair, I was like, but she it. ended up not being Blair. And I know. It was like it was a lot. I know. Of I was, and I, but I will say, I really, I loved that Dorota was in it, and Blair's yes. mom and dad were in it. But I think, like, I agree with you. I kind of would have loved. I loved. Um, is it JC? Is that the character's name? Julian. Julian. Do they call mm-hmm. her JC? Where did I? Yeah, they do. Oh, okay. Because, uh, Julian Calloway is her name. Right there, we go. Um, I thought Julian would have been like such a sick twist on Serena. Like sick meaning good. Like I think yeah. it, she looked so cool and like her like shaved head and like I thought she was awesome. I thought that would have been great. Like of course, yeah, if Serena Vanderwood Pro- Woodson probably was if that was it today. That's probably mm-hmm. what she would look like. Like, right. She probably mm-hmm. would be that cool, be able to pull all that up. I, I read, I actually read all the Gossip Girl books. I thought that the idea of Julian was was a really good ser- modernization of Serena Vanderwoodson. Yeah. And then Hope would have been a great Blair. I felt like they just kind of missed an opportunity there. The certain things just didn't land for me. Yeah. They're, they're trying to be fresh. I thought it was really cool that they had each character had their own Instagram and it was like, felt like real people. I signed up for their text messages. So, like, Stop. they'll send you tips and stuff for a second. I just wanted to see what, you know, how this could actually work in today. And I don't know. I was, I'm sad to see it go because I don't never like to see a show go down like that. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, like making a show in general is just hard. And second, like getting to season three is even harder. And like lasting past season three is hard. Agreed. I watched recently, I watched a show called Bad Sisters. I was kind of shocked. I wasn't sure if I would like it. I think if you like like Dairy Girls or something like that, it's British Mm -hmm. humor. Yeah. It's very funny, but it's like, very dark mm-hmm. it's really really good and there's a lot of episodes i think each episode's like 30 minutes so there's like i think there's like 18 episodes or something like that but oh, it's wow. really 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 good speaking of shows and which was a good crossover was skims new campaign <gasps> yes with um portia and lotus girls no not portia the, the two italian girls who were actually yeah. best friends in real life that. i didn't know that you know, say what you want about Kim. The girl's a freaking genius when it comes to marketing and branding. But I want to credit her name is Emma Greedy. Literally runs Good American Skims. She runs 
Chris Jenner's safely clean household products brand. She's incredible. She's from the UK. She's a hustler. Her and her husband. He. It's greedy or greed. Greed. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm agreed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, good American. Oh yeah, and then she's on the board for fifteen percent pledge, which is so cool. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So her husband Jens, he used to run Frame Denim, but they're just like they are partners in Skims. She's kind of like the head honcho. She's basically the head honcho for Good American. It's just Chloe is the face. She's a, she's co-founder. And yes. CEO. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's a great Instagram follow too. Um, I just thought yeah, it was so her. smart to make them the, the Valentine's day. Yes. I mean like absolutely genius. Um, mm-hmm. Simona Tabasco and B Grano. Grano. I would love, I love being in a room of like people like contemplating like what they're going to do for a campaign and like the thought process behind it. And just totally the fact that they got those people. So that was a good one. Yeah, say what you want about Kim Kardashian. That woman can make a bra. And some her shapewear is actually very, very good. I yeah. own a couple pairs. Yeah, so do I. Her um her products are actually very good. Um oh, speaking nice. of cool fashion, can we talk about Anne Hathaway in Valentino? In that leopard dress and tights. I'm like I, I could just, do a whole episode on Anne Hathaway, to be I, honest. Same. And the thing is, I have to confess uh-huh. because I was a notorious Anne Hathaway hater. Oh, not that. You're joking. Why? And the thing is, I equate my hater, my hating her to the reason why people hate Meghan Markle. Oh, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. And I understand it. And that's why I can like speak so clear about the hate that like Megan gets because I used to skip that and halfway. I mean, not to that extent. I'm not online trashing her, but like I just could not stand to hear her talk in an interview or I just thought she was just so theatrical and I'm just not that type of person. She is a musical theater girly. That yes, is the truth. And like the musical theater kids at my school, we just did not get along. I <laughs> I was involved in that, but I was just not that person. So I just thought they well, were always so dramatic and I just did not get it. But now being 32, I'm like, wow. College musical theater kids are like – Speaking as somebody who was like in a very small fine arts college program, like it's, it's a very, it's a bubble and everybody is competing and everybody is trying to figure out who they are. And like, usually the teachers are like, were on Broadway or like kind of decided to, to be finished with their performance career and have moved on to teaching. So you sort of inherit their experiences, good and bad. And like Mm -hmm. their trauma and unresolved stuff and, and so we're all just kind of, like i just equate like any kind of musical theater performance program you're just like in the deep end like learning how to tread water and everybody is just yeah you're right like everything is so heightened i remember when i was in college i joined a sorority because i was like i need i need like i needed to be grounded so i hear you i mean it's definitely i get it now like i totally yeah. get it like she's such a thespian and i'm t- you just see how she talks and everything so it's just really, really funny. But now I look at her, I'm like, she is eating the girls up. I think similarly in comparison to Meghan Markle, like we were talking about, she's so earnest. Mm-hmm. She's so sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot that's that's very difficult for people to believe. Right, exactly. So like even like how Megan comes across really cheesy and like a lot like 
I think Anne is very Anne first name basis. We're besties. <laughs> she's from Jersey. She was a rising star award winner in Paperback Playhouse. But she, I think she's so earnest and she's so sincere and she's so in touch with her. I read a blind item on Dumois, so this is probably not true. But somebody saw her at either Cipriani or like like very social New York restaurant that you see a lot of celebrities at. And apparently she was at dinner and she cried. Like this person was like, she was in a very deep conversation and she cried the whole dinner. Homegirl's really in touch with her feelings. She's just so sure of who she is and she's so in touch with her feelings and she's so earnest that I think if you're not in a place where you can receive that or you're and you're looking for a more guarded celebrity like I don't know like Gwyneth Paltrow or like somebody like that comes across as an is disingenuous. Right. I love The Princess Diaries. Like, do not come for me. I love that movie. <laughs> but um, Lindsay's changed, you guys. She's I've around. changed. I've turned a new leaf. Okay. I have taste <laughs> now. <laughs> I have taste. I understand her now. And I think the way she is wearing clothes and whoever's styling her, like, yeah. elevating her to a level that the girls are not really doing right now. Just like the hardcore a-list stars are not doing right now. And genetically, she's kind of a lot of win. I mean, she's tall. She's legs for days. Yes. She has great skin. She's got mm-hmm. great cheekbones, great hair. Like, yeah. she is a, a red carpet dream, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And she's she got bangs. So I like her anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see Ariana Grande's little sneaky peek of her singing, like, she sang somewhere with a rainbow. Yes, because she was coming after people are saying that, like asking her, does she even sing anymore? I'm like, y'all have never heard the score of Wicked because she's going to be up in those rafters. I'm like, even her vibrato. I was like, oh, she mama's been training, training. Yeah. And that's another theater kid. I know this because I worked for her. I worked for her. how she sings. It's like how I'm speaking. Like she just opens her mouth and just yeah. it just flows. And the girl's tiny. A lot of people don't realize she started on Broadway. She was in 13 The Musical when she was a teenager on Broadway. And she was an Annie in Florida. She's originally from Boca. Yeah, she is a Broadway girly. And it's going to be a two-part movie. I'm happy about that. I've seen the show. I I haven't seen it in a while. But like, I wonder how they're going to break it up into movies. I think it'll be – I think Define Gravity will be the end of the first movie. Okay. And that's what it'll be like pre – like it'll be from like Shiz – baby alphabet through shiz to um grown-up alphabet because that's like in the in the show wicked define gravity is like kind of when she becomes a woman i think it'll end with define gravity and then the second part will be from in the musical it starts with thank goodness but it's like the aftermath of of alphabet escaping and um galinda sort of holding on the fort and like trying to find her new position and fiero like feeling conflicted and yeah so i think that's that's where it'll start it'll start with um with that and then go through the end i think it's an interesting choice to make it two movies i'm kind of happy about it because i think wick is such a rich story and Mm -hmm. it's such a if you've never seen it in new york you have to go go see go see wicked if you don't see anything else go see wicked it really holds up but the cool thing about wicked is that it's it's not just a story about the wizard of oz or like the the before of before dorothy of it all it's a commentary on on censorship it's a commentary on the way we treat people who look differently than us it's a common it's it's there's there's so many underlying themes that translate to real life and that is why it stood the test of time so i think giving it two movies will really give it a lot of depth and and 
I think the director is so talented. So John Chu, I think he's so talented. Yeah, so, he's and, very... and in my opinion, Cynthia Erivo and it, you couldn't find better casting. <laughs> like I'm, chills. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so, so thrilled that they cast. Cause I, in my opinion, and this isn't across the board, but the movie, the movie, the film version of Les Mis, that score is so rich mm-hmm. that, to not cast, like, I have very strong opinions about this, but if you're going to make a movie musical, you need mm-hmm. to cast actors who are musical theater actors. You can't yes. cast film actors like Russell Crowe in mm-hmm. such a, like a singing heavy role as Javert and expect the score to carry him. You have to hire actors who can do the job. Yeah. And, and also like in doing that, and we've seen that with like, with West Side Story, Steven Spielberg did an incredible job giving Ariana DeBose Anita because she is, she was in Hamilton. She was the bullet. Like you have to give these musical theater actors these jobs because they're the ones that can do it justice because they're the ones that have the training. This is not something that you can just walk in and fake, Mm -mm. you know? Um, And so I feel like I'm very, I was so happy about the casting because these are two women who are mainstream enough that they'll bring in the box office numbers but they're actual musical theater performers and yes ariana grande's had a whole pop career but she has actual vocal training i've worked i've worked with her several times performed with her i've seen her live all the times that she's gone on tour yeah the girl is beyond beyond talented and one of probably the best vocalists of our time in terms of like the pop girlies. Sometimes I feel like maybe the music she sings don't do her no. voice justice, which I believe what happened with Christina Aguilera on her first album, like she could sing, but her, that album didn't really do her voice justice because that was the label saying that she had to tone it down to be on the radio. Yeah. In my opinion, Ariana Grande is probably in my opinion, the closest to Whitney Houston that we have in our generation in terms of vocal ability, agility, and, 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 and all of that range. Yeah. I mean, like, forget it in my no. opinion. Um, Jen- Jennifer Hudson, I also believe is up there too. Jennifer Hudson just did, um, Renee, I can't draw and blink in her name, her last name. She was Regina George. In oh, Renee Rapp. Yes. Um, talk about vocal. Whew, that girl can she sing. Was just, she was just on Jennifer Hudson's show. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. Saying, um, Jasmine Sullivan's song. Um, I'm drawing a blank of it, but it. I had chills. Mm-hmm. Chills. Renee Rapp is good. She's, She's a so great singer. Good. She's so, She's a great so singer. Good. Another musical theater girl. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the Mean Girls movie. It's gonna be good. Yes. And it's taping in Jersey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of musical theater girlies, um, I saw – I want to plug this really fast. I don't know this person, but um, I have a mutual friend with him, so I wanted to plug his show because it's very worth it. If you're in New York and you want to go see just like a night of um, something that will make you laugh and also like tug at your heartstrings, um, there's a comedy show in Soho Playhouse, I believe, um, by with um, Sam Morrison. It's called Sugar Daddy. I saw him workshop this material or actually perform this material in Chelsea back in the fall. And um, it's all about how he lost his partner to COVID, which sounds really dark, but how that also coincided with him getting um, diagnosed with type one diabetes. And it's, yeah, but it's honestly a beautifully written show. It's so funny. (laughs) It's so well done. It'll make you cry. It's beautiful. Um, If you have, if you are in New York, go see it because it is 
So great. He was on Seth Meyers. We're like, I'm so proud. <laughs> I don't even oh. know him and I'm so proud. <laughs> but yeah, go see his show because he's amazing. Support support new talent, support young artists. Yeah. He went to Cornell. He's smart for God's sakes. Like just, <laughs> yeah, make sure you go see it. Go see it if you're in New York. It's really yeah. good. Uh, yeah. We're, we're tennis girlies on this podcast. So, so um, me and Kellyanne almost got in a fight over the DMs. It was because- our first fight. It was our first fight. <laughs> <laughs> because I had already, apparently I claimed Mateo and she already what did. You, what do you mean? I, apparently. <laughs> I will post the receipts on our Instagram. I claimed Mateo account. because I'm going to a wedding in, in Italy and he's Italian. And I was like, um, so does he know that he's taking me to this wedding? And he <laughs> says, um, no, he's mine. <laughs> and and then- I said, I said, no, we're, we're, you're taking both of us. Cause now we're in a throuple. <laughs> <laughs> but then cut to like a week or two later, she post- sent me a photo of Tommy Paul, who, if you don't follow Tommy Paul on Instagram, I'm really sorry for your loss. And, and, uh, sent me a photo and I was like, no, 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 you already claimed Mateo. Tommy is, is for me. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so hot. Oh my gosh. Um, but we were watching Breakpoint, which is the, the, um, docuseries about tennis made by the same creators as the F1 docuseries. If you haven't watched that, that's really great too. Drive to survive. Drive to survive. Um, shout out to my tour roommate, Alana, who told me to watch it because I didn't think I'd be interested. And then I was like hooked. Um, Really interesting. You don't have to be interested in Formula One to watch it. It's just such an interesting industry. But um, yeah, the Breakpoint is so cool, and it's I love um, Alia Tomlyovsky. She's the one that beat Serena Williams. Yes, in the U.S. Open. I followed her career. She's amazing. Um, so I was so excited that she was on it, and it's just been really cool to watch. I just I, there's something about tennis that is like such a chic sport. Like it, it doesn't get the enough hype that it. It should. It's definitely a niche sport. Like my grandma, that's all she watched all day, every day is tennis. Like it's I also, just went in there and she was watching the Australian Open. I was like, oh, okay. We're so it's lucky. also like riveting. It's riveting. Yeah. yeah. But the, the series is really good. And it's, I believe they're coming out with more this season. They just stopped at five episodes. And I believe there's going to be more athletes on it. And then there's a whole other series for golf. It's the same type of docuseries uh-huh. for the pga tour so it's just you know if you're not into sports you should start i'm like do broadway next let's do broadway next that'll be that'll be fire actually. people don't know here's the no. thing I'm, I'm gonna go on this tangent for a second about actors most people don't really know the and you know this Lindsay, because you were a dancer but like most people don't understand the hustle that it takes to be an actor in theater. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying film is different. They're not one. Very different. The other. They're just totally different. But the amount of, of discipline that you have to have and what it takes to perform on Broadway each was week and what it takes to perform professionally each was week, not even on Broadway, the stamina that you have to have, the way that you have to take your care of your body. Broadway actors are athletes mm-hmm. Two, I would say, I mean, like watching even people watching uh, on Breakpoint, the way that these actors take care of their actors, the way that these tennis players <laughs> see, take care of their bodies, the way that they see PT, the way they, that's exactly the same as yeah. what Broadway actors do. We just don't have the sponsorships by Nike. Like it's exactly the or same. Or the money. The, or the money. Or like it's, it's a completely different type of industry, but the, the way that actors and dancers on Broadway take care of themselves is 
to the level of Olympic athletes. Yeah. And so I feel like a docu-series about that would be so interesting because it's like people don't know. People don't know. People just think, oh, you have a dream to be on Broadway. That's so amazing. But they don't really understand the level of of training that it takes to get there and to, to, and to maintain a career in the professional world of theater, I think. It's interesting because the arts is not – it doesn't get treated like sports. No. Um, because it's not like a – sports, you can attach – jerseys you can attach paraphernalia you can attach all these things but with the art it's not something you can grab or take it's an experience yes and it's something that it's really hard to profit off of besides just selling tickets and um in terms of like there's no sponsorships unless you are a out of the box kind of like your own person that you make your own content on the side of the, whatever, whatever which you're more doing. and more people are doing, which I'm happy exactly. to see. Yeah. So it's really hard to make money. Yeah. Consistently. There's a lot of dancers I know that are on TV shows right now acting. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just be like this one note person because you have to find ways to make money unless you are doing other side jobs. I've never understood why, artists aren't making money that they like, unless you were at the top at your game, you're not making, you're, you're making money, but it's not what you think. Like if people knew how much dancers made dancing at the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you would be shocked. Oh yeah. We don't pay our artists enough in this country. Let's put it that way. And if we invested in the arts, I think we would be a totally different society, but yeah. that's a whole other podcast <laughs> that we could talk about. <laughs> Well, favorites for the month. I obviously, I finished, I'm trying to be a reader. During the pandemic, I read a total of seven books. To some, that's literally two months for you. To me, that was a lot. Um, So, but since then, I haven't really been able to find books that I liked. Or I, the thing is, I have a problem. I have a problem of buying books and not reading them. <laughs> um, so I'm a book hoarder, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to get better. Like I, um, I just finished like my first fiction book because I Amazing. like reading about people. Um, so a lot of read like a lot of them, like memoirs or biographies or whatever, because that's what holds my attention, especially if I'm interested in them. So I just yeah. finished my first fiction book it was called Terms and Conditions. Yes. Um, I think her, I think the author is Lauren Ashley or I, I, I don't know the author. Sorry. I'm telling it, you, it, you have to read A Court of Thorns and Roses. I will. It's you have my, to. Listener, my, so do you. Everybody <laughs> has to read it. Everybody has to read it. So it's a trilogy book. I didn't read the first book or I'm not going to read the third book. I just was on book talk. They were talking. I was like, well, I'm going to read this. Just in Um, the middle of – who starts a series in the middle of a series? Well, they said you didn't have to read the first one to read this Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. I I got caught up to what I need to to understand, but it's fine. Okay, Um, So I read that book. I'm starting Party of Two right now. I just got another book today called Attached, which is the – book about your attachment styles. Oh, nice. Um, and then I'm trying, I thought Jay Shetty's new book called The Eight Rules of Love or something. That's yeah. coming out on Tuesday. I thought it was already out. So I was like, well, I guess I get this book. <laughs> I wait for Tuesday. Um, but there's another book that's coming out. Uh, I want to shout out my friends, Tanya Rad mm-hmm. and Raquel Stevens. 
Um, they wrote a book and it is called The Sunshine Mind. It's not really self-help, but it's just inspirational stuff in it. Love that. Um, so that book comes out on the 31st. I'm really proud of them. Like Tanya's been working really, really hard on her first book and she's on the Ryan Seacrest show. But yeah, she's awesome. Cool. So that's coming out. And then another book I'm looking forward to is um, Ebony K. Williams's book. She was on The Real Housewives of New York. Um, she was also a Fox News host, um, but she's incredibly smart. She has her own podcast. It's uh, she's a, she's a lawyer. It's a, all about like different cases and stuff. Her book is called Bet on Black, and it's just talking about what the goodness, the good news about being black in America today. So that's a I love that. The first book I finished this year was by Kristen Hanna. It's called The Great Alone. It was very good. I didn't think I'd like it because I'm not. It's about a family that moves to Alaska and starts mm-hmm. a homestead. And there's a lot of other storylines in there too. But I loved it. I was I was shocked at how much I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. And right now I'm reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zenon. My friend Mike, let me borrow it to read. Again, not subject matter that I thought I'd be interested in. I'm not a video games girl. But um, it's really, really good. And it's it's like making, it's like really tugging at my heartstrings. I really loved that as well. The next thing I think I want to read, I want to read Matthew Perry's memoir. And I also wanted to read, this is like a stupid, I wanted to read Lessons in Chemistry. It's like a dumb rom-com, but I wanted to read it because I've seen it everywhere. That's like what I've been wanting to read. I think it's because I'm trying not to watch TV before I go to bed. Uh huh. Yeah, me too. So- I'm trying to read before bed. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. So that's what I've been trying to do. I like read fiction. I like will mm-hmm. read fiction at night. So what I've heard on a podcast or something I was listening to saying, um, if you're going to read something, dur- like if you're going to read something during the day or in the morning, make it like something that is for your brain. I love that. So. I started using the five minute journal. Oh yeah. How do you like that? I love it. It's so easy. Yeah. I need a prompt. You know what I mean? I'm not one of those people that just like freehand it. I'll be there for 20 minutes because I get really in my feelings. So I need like, I need a list, like three things I'm grateful for, an affirmation and three things I can do to make today great. So easy. So nice. Yeah. I think that's good habits. Did we talk about the the Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon movie that's coming out? Oh, I thought you were going to say that 90s show. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my God. You got to look at the trailer. What? It is. It's this new movie with Ashton Kutcher and uh-huh. Reese Witherspoon. Oh. And they are like friends uh-huh. and Jesse Williams from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I'll watch yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. That man is fine. Yeah, I, I, I want to see Take Me Out on Broadway. <laughs> Have you heard about that show? Obviously. Have, <laughs> me. Have I heard about it? I'm very excited for that movie because I love, love Ashton Kutcher. He is one of those actors that has carried over from my childhood Mm -hmm. to my adulthood because some of them I've I've kind of phased out of, Mm -hmm. but he has been steady for me. So I'm excited to see him in like a romantic something again. It's been a while. We haven't seen him in anything really in a while. So that's exciting. I I mean, I love him and I love Reese Witherspoon and I'm I'm excited about that. That's good news. Is it, is it a book? Like, was it like one of her book club ones? Yeah, I believe so, but it's definitely her production company that's doing it. It's a hell of a sunshine. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. That's awesome. A great movie I watched this year or this month. This year. Hello. This month was was Cha Cha Real Smooth. Okay. I'm glad we're talking about this then. Cha Cha Real Smooth is a really great film. It's by T10 Pictures, Dakota Johnson's production company. It's very, it sounds like the content of it sounds. That's why I love Dakota Johnson because she's such an intentional storyteller and she really chooses 
films that are very specific. So it's called Cha Cha Real Smooth. I believe it's on HBO Max. It's very, or Apple TV. It's a, one of those two, I think. Mm-hmm. It's about a guy who is like in his 20s and he's like kind of lost and he ends up becoming a dancer mm-hmm. or like a DJ entertainer for like bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, sweet 16s and stuff. And Dakota Johnson plays the mother of one of the kids who gets invited to all of these parties who's autistic. Oh. And it's, it's, it's like one of the best movies I've seen in a really long time. I just think it's so heartfelt and special. And I wish it was getting more press because it's a really good film. Easy title to remember. Nice. Real quick. So yeah. the Oscars nomination came out. So people are confused. They expanded the nominations mm-hmm. for certain categories. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot for best picture, which I have mixed feelings about because it's like clearly it's there's way too many people in this category. In best picture, you mean? Yes. There's yeah. so many. Let me look. Usually mind. there's like five and it's, I want to say it's one, like. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 11 that's double wow that's like pretty much all the movies that came out it's every movie was nominated for best picture (laughs) i'm like okay i can't believe james cameron didn't get a director nomination for avatar they're they're like every other industry they're trying to find their way back after right yeah and i think why they expanded it to 11 instead of five is because they're trying usually these movies that get nominated most of them have not been seen yeah and they're either indie or they didn't have it in the theater near them or whatever so people don't know about it so they're like well how do we know if it won so they are trying to find a medium of like what is actually selling Mm-hmm. And what is actually artistically yeah. their standard. I really so, want to see women talking. I heard that's great. Yeah. Uh, the, aesthetically, it just looks like it was shot beautifully. Same with the Fablemans. I want to see the Fablemans really bad. Uh, Paul Mascal. I mean, I was a big Normal People fan. So I was Oh, yeah. I love, nominated. love Normal People. Such and love a- Friends. Not Friends from College. Um, what's the one with Joe Taylor's? Yeah. Was, I know um, what you're talking about. Oh, that one ripped me apart. I was not well. I, I was not well watching Normal that. People was still like, I watched that three times through. Me too. I watched it multiple times because it's so I good. Loved it. I watched it during it's the pandemic so and I got through it in a day. Yeah, me too. I want to see Tar too. Yeah, it's a lot of good – it's a lot of good things. It's going to be an interesting award season for sure. I mean, obviously, Brendan Fraser won the Critics' Choice for Best Actor. Yeah. Um, and Austin Butler won for uh, the Golden Globes. So, you know, I think it might be the toss-up between those two, maybe. It's going to be interesting, but we will okay. see. Maybe usually I'm wrong. You can, usually you can predict it, especially depending on how the rest of award season goes. I just I I'm 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 excited. I'm excited to see what they do, even though Jimmy Kimmel's host. I think that was a safe bet for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's like likable enough and he'll hold control of the room and he won't push too far. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks for being with us. And this is kind of like something new, different. Yeah. It, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. It's almost a month since we've been doing this. Which is I know. Crazy. I know. It's been so fun. It's, I honestly, January is always so long, it feels like. And so it feels like to say that we've been doing this for a month is wild. So thank you so much for sticking with us. Yeah, really. And it's been such a passion project for us. And 
to have people listening every week and commenting, saying that they love it and keeping coming back is pretty wild. It's really awesome. And we appreciate all of you. Yeah. Thanks for your support. It really means the world. We're just trying to figure this out and grow this what we can. So it means a lot to have you guys show up for us. And um, we are so grateful. So thanks for listening. And if you want to follow the show, follow us at She Wakes Up at 5 a.m. podcast. You can also follow each of us. <laughs> I'm at Callianne DiCarlo, K-E-L-L-I-A-N-N. And you can follow me, Lindsay White, at Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y underscore E underscore White. All right. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for being with us this week. Follow us on Instagram at She Wakes Up at 5 a.m. podcast. And if you enjoyed our conversation, be sure to rate and subscribe to us so that you never miss an episode. Special thanks to Red Brandt for our theme song. Be sure to find more of his work on Instagram at R-E-D-D-B-R-A-N-D-T. See you next time.